Welcome to OneQ, a podcast by Blueprint Technologies, where guests from all different industries are asked one new burning question about the future of digital transformation. Here's your host, president and co-founder of Blueprint, Ryan Neal. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the OneQ podcast, where we discuss the next wave of innovation in technology and businesses. I'm your host, Ryan Neal, president of Blueprint Technologies, and today we have on our show, Garen Stobley, who's a solution architect at Blueprint, specializing in data engineering and a number of different things. Garen, do you want to tell, uh, introduce yourself and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Hi, everybody. I'm Garen Stobley. I specialize in data engineering, data science, scalable, uh, artificial intelligence, all the fun stuff. Background in uh, the data space for the last seven years, my whole career and really my whole life has been dedicated to tech. Awesome. And you uh, you actually spoke recently down at the uh, Spark AI Summit, right? Yep. What was your topic? My topic was around uh, avoiding performance potholes, uh, being able to scale Python for data science using Spark, which awesome. is a topic that's near and dear to my heart, uh, having seen a lot of development in the Python space. And everybody really wants to come to Spark from Python, but there's a lot of a lot of potholes that can really hinder the, the progress and get in the way of good development. Cool. Um, and you're uh, you're pretty active in the local community as well. Uh, um, some of the other, uh, you want to list off some of the areas where people can kind of get in touch with you in the different community uh, events? Oh, yeah. So I'm on Twitter, at uh, G Stoubly. I uh, speak for Pi Ladies in Seattle, Pi Ladies Remote, uh, Pi Data Seattle. I'm part of the Seattle Spark meetup community. Um, really, I'm just all around in the data space, especially. Awesome. That's great. So definitely reach out to Garen uh, if you guys have any questions about any of the stuff that, uh, that we're going to talk about. And today, well, let's get to the one cue uh, for the day for you. So getting back to the artificial intelligence, the AI topic, uh, the question for you is whether or not you think that the empathetic AI is actually possible. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, empathetic AI is something that uh, that has come up quite a bit in in recent time and has a really profound impact on on humans and the the whole human race at large because there's this internal fear of AI taking over the world, AI taking all of our jobs, uh, the whole Terminator concept of Skynet destroying all of us, um, and that's really dark. Rather than artificial intelligence, I like to think of AI as assistive intelligence where machines are able to assist and enrich our lives as humans so making us better at what we already do yes very much so so in order for them to be able to actually for ai to be able to do that how much uh, empathy do you think needs to be built in um how much how much understanding of the human condition and the human behavior that, that they need to have i think it needs to have a deeper understanding of kind of how humans work, what we prioritize, what we value in our lives. And one of the, the really critical things to keep in mind with, with any system that interacts with humans and can have a, a direct impact on, on life is how does this, how do these decisions that we're making play out? When, when a person makes a decision, for example, a judge in a court case, they know that what they're doing has a profound impact on the, the, per, the perpetrator or the suspect in a case and the state and the victim, the, the person who's being represented. Mm -hmm. So a judge understands, hey, 
there's a human at the end of both sides of the spectrum and there are humans in between. There's, it's, a, it's a huge spectrum. And AI, I feel like, still hasn't quite gotten to that point. And we as a society really need to work toward realizing, toward making our machines realize that you don't just make a decision based on one set of factors. The whole equation needs to be brought into play to really understand the full dynamic of the situation. That's an interesting way to phrase it. The, um, I think it, as far as the majority of the stuff that I read out there, you know, the biggest challenges that everybody faces is, the, is, is understanding that as kind of a key point, but how do you get there, right? And, and you know, we struggle with that in, in, in businesses, in technology development. Like, what do you think your, the, the, the real path is to be able to get there, to get that whole picture? Yeah, I think I would say one of the biggest ways that we could really get there in a more accelerated way than most is by having a really diverse uh, pool of people working on AI and not just centralizing around one type of person or one individual or one persona. Because the characters in how we build these systems, those biases get built into our systems. We do not, a machine is not unbiased. A machine is biased to whatever has been it has been programmed to do the machine itself doesn't really care what decision it makes because it doesn't have that cognitive thought and that self realization humans write the code humans train it to do certain things and to make certain judgment calls so for example there have been there's been a lot of controversy around uh, mortgages and uh, banks how they have chosen to do some of the application of machine learning and artificial intelligence where the banks are discriminating uh, using these algorithms, but it's not a human anymore. Now it's a machine. And so there's this, this ongoing controversy. So I think one of the ways we get there is by focusing on the people that are building the system because the people will then define how the system ultimately gets built. You're, uh, you're pretty active in, in the community around uh, unique skill sets and, and in unique individuals bringing them into tech. Um, what's your ideal version of a team? I think my ideal version of a team is pretty much what, what the world is made up of. And what, especially like in the United States, I think that's, that's probably easier to work with because we, have, we can look at our population and we have a very diverse population. So you'd, you'd have all of the, the demographics represented. We would not have purely one set of people working on any one problem. We would have a whole diverse range of input coming in so that people from different walks of life, people with different environmental factors, the way they were brought up, the way they were born, where they were born, what kind of disabilities they might have, mm -hmm. those all can play a factor into how they perceive the world and how they're going to train the next generation of people and machines to perceive the world around them. Yeah, getting that unique way of looking at things and getting that unique way of solving problems. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show today. Um, that's really really insightful. If you want to uh, get in touch, any of the listeners want to get in touch with Garen, they can, you can connect with him on LinkedIn, definitely follow him on Twitter. Um, and then, uh, you know, it, do you have any, any parting advice to anybody you're, you're uh, in the development space around somebody that has a unique skill set that may not necessarily translate equally over to the conventional way of thinking about software development or tech? That you can give it a little piece of advice on? Yeah, I, I especially love this question and, and really love this area especially because I find that a lot of folks who come into the into the field or who are trying to come into it, trying to break into this really high demand, high pressure, high intensity field, 
fall under imposter syndrome. They think that their skills just aren't meaningful. They don't have an impact because they come in with an education background or they come with some medical background or they're coming in from the construction industry. Well, every different type of skill set can be applied in the tech space. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter really how you think it applies. The fact is technology is, is really coming into view for all different businesses for all different models, organizations, governments, and you need people who have these different diverse backgrounds to not feel like they have this imposter syndrome, that their skills are not relevant, they do not map to the current state of technology. We, we have to move forward beyond just looking at somebody based on their, their profile of historically what they've done and instead move toward what they can do, what can they bring to the table that new way of thinking that we didn't have before. That's awesome. I love it. So focusing on the uh, the potential uh, the potential of somebody versus their you know the job description and their resume their tried their past history. That's awesome. Cool. Well, all this information will be available in our uh, podcast notes for you to be able to get in touch with Garen. Definitely reach out. He's got a very diverse background and he's got his hands in a lot of different things. So um, he's a really interesting one, one of our uh, team members to talk with. Um, and uh, as always, thank you guys all for listening and be sure to tune to our next week as we feature another guest in uh, innovation and tech space. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on OneCube, a production of Blueprint Technologies. Subscribe to the show to be the first to hear about announcements and new episodes. Be sure to visit our website at bpcs.com to learn more about digital transformation and the innovative technology solutions you could be using today. See you next time on OneCube by Blueprint.